Hi, this is Jim. And this is Bax. Check out our podcast, The Step Over, Liberty Ballers Podcast Network, for all of your Sixers' needs. Player analysis, game breakdowns, who would look coolest in a headband, and more. Subscribe to Liberty Ballers Podcast feed on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, or wherever you get your favorite podcasts, and check out The Step Over, a podcast about Sixers basketball. Mostly. What's up, Flyers fans? Welcome to the very first installment of checking out the competition for the 2018-2019 season. I am joined by Ryan, and I didn't get your last name, Ryan. What's your last name? Last name is Wallace. I go by Ryan the Hockey Guy on Twitter, though. Yeah, he's at Ryan Hockey Guy on Twitter, all one word. And he is, um, this is pretty cool, actually. He's on the radio in Vegas on their Fox Sports affiliate, and he does the pre-game and intermission stuff for Golden Knights games. So that's pretty cool. Um, I bet that's a super fun job. Yeah, it's uh, it's kind of a dream job. Um, I didn't really know that I wanted to do it full-time, but now that I'm doing it full-time, it's it's been pretty awesome. This team's kind of magical. So uh, we had a lot of fun last year, and we're looking forward to having some more fun this year. So were you always a hockey guy, or did you just hop on when Vegas got a team? No, I, so I'm originally from Southern California, and I, I grew up in the Wayne Gretzky era Ooh. of professional sports in Los Angeles. So uh, I was on skates at three years old. I was playing for uh, I was playing hockey with a travel team at five, and uh, I played competitively up until I was about 17 years old, um, and then shifted gears a little bit because of an injury, and wound up here in Vegas, uh, you know, 12 years before they had a hockey team. <laughs> Didn't really know what I was going to do. Um, started working for a radio company and uh, kind of toiled around. You know, Vegas gets a hockey team, and I've got this opportunity in front of me that I, you know, hopefully done a good job with. So that's that's kind of the story in a nutshell is right place, right time, right? That is a super cool story. Oh, yeah. No, it's. I mean, I am fully aware of, of how unique and, and crazy an opportunity I have uh, in front of me is, but it's just it's been a dream come true, like I said. Being on the ice last year, when uh, or last season, when when Alex Ovechkin, a future Hall of Famer, is is awarded the Stanley Cup, is something that I'll never forget. Yeah, and I have to say, um, we were lucky enough to go out to Vegas for the Flyers Golden Knights game last season. Okay. And it was the most fun I've had at a hockey game in a very very long time. <laughs> I wasn't yeah, like, sure. Yeah, I wasn't sure what to expect, but the in-game stuff there is just amazing. The experience was awesome. Yeah, I did a lot of a lot of locker room stuff last season too, and, and I would I kind of wanted to go into the visiting locker room because I I you know I talked to the Golden Knights guys enough throughout the year that that I was really more intrigued on on what players that visited T-Mobile for the first time felt um, at, in that atmosphere. And I mean, by and large, across the board throughout the league, these guys were blown away by the atmosphere at T-Mobile Arena and. You know, I haven't been to a whole heck of a lot of arenas, but I mean, this this energy, this this city, this team—it's it's something that I can't really put into words. You can't quantify it, but the building's going to be insane, especially for that home opener on Thursday. Yeah, I'm I'm very excited about it. And so with that, we'll dive into our pregame Q and A that we have. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you is if there were any preseason standouts that you weren't expecting to see. So the kind of the big thing here is is there's a of Eric Brandstrom who was drafted in not this last off season's entry draft but the one prior so it was the first 
entry draft for George McPhee in the Vegas Golden Knights. Eric Branstrom is a defenseman. He played over in Sweden. Um, and this was his first camp with Vegas. And Eric opened up a ton of eyes. I mean, this kid has great vision. He can skate the puck out of his own zone. He's, he's sneaky strong. He's a little bit undersized, but a really strong skater. He made a really, really strong push. Up until Shea Theodore signed his contract extension. And then once Shea Theodore is back in the fold, the skill set that Eric Branstrom brings to the table isn't necessarily something that the coaching staff needs on the roster with Shea Theodore in there. So he opened up a lot of eyes. I expect him to be a, a, an NHL player sooner than later. Um, he's going to be playing in, in, a, in the AHL with the Chicago Wolves right now. So he's going to be a likely call-up at some point. Um, but he opened up a lot of eyes. And then Tomasz Nosek, he's a, a guy that played on, on the fourth line last year with Pierre-Edouard Belmar and, and Will Carrier and Ryan Reeves. Those, those four guys kind of comprised that fourth line for a long time. And, and Tomasz Nosek, every time he got the chance to play up in the lineup with, with more talented players, guys that were more offensive-minded, he did really well. He's gotten a lot faster. His shot's better. And he's more confident with the puck. And I think that Tomasz Nosek is going to get some third-line minutes, maybe even get a sniff on the second line, depending on how serious this injury is to Alex Tuck. Hmm. That's interesting. I'm interesting to hear about um, a guy that's in your on your AHL team. Just because it's, you know, you building a team from the ground up, you kind of expect that there's not going to be a ton of strong prospects to start out. So it's pretty cool that you guys have one already that's making noise. Yeah. Yeah, and it's interesting. I mean, Nick Suzuki and Cody Glass were the were the big three. Mm-hmm. They, they were kind of known here as, as the big three. Um, Nick Suzuki, obviously, now with the Montreal Canadiens, and that was a, a big part of the deal in, in acquiring Max Pacioretty over the summer. But, um, you know, Cody Glass, he's a number six overall pick. He doesn't pop as much as you would like a number six overall pick to pop. Um, but he's still young. He's still learning. He's back in juniors this year. Um couple guys that are further along than him, but again, I think the future is bright when you look at the Nick Brands or the Eric Brandstroms and, and the Cody Glasses and some of the guys that they have coming up the pipeline. So speaking of Max Pacioretty, um, he was one of a couple of big moves that you guys made this summer. Um, you got Max Patch, you got uh, Paul Stasny from Winnipeg, who was a guy that a lot of Flyers fans were hoping that Ron Hextall would make a move for. Um, which new addition do you feel is going to make the biggest impact on the team? That, yeah, that's a tough question. Um, just because Stastny and Pacioretty are going to play together, so I, I think it's kind of a one-two punch with them. Um, it's going to really con- it's going to come down to who's going to be their wing. And it's it's been talked about. Alex talk. He, he had his first relatively full season in the NHL last year. He opened up a lot of eyes, really big, strong power forward, gets into the corners, creates havoc for the opposition defense. And then you've got Eric Halla, who centered the second line last year with the Vegas Golden Knights, scored 29 goals. Um, and you're asking him to move to the wing when he feels like he is a, is a second-line center. So there's a little bit of, uh, I don't want to say there's a controversy here because I think Halla is going to win the job. And I thought he was going to win the job in spite of Alex Tuck's injury. But what I think is Max Pacioretty is going to be the guy that has the stats. Paul Stastny is going to be the driver of the line. Mm. So it's it's really my way of saying be impactful. Uh, but I think it's just going to be you're going to pop out and see Max Pacioretty's numbers and say, oh, my God, he's the one that's driving everything. But when you look at what Stastny does, 
full 200-foot game. He's going to have a lot of assists. I think Stastny is really going to be the driver of what goes on with that line. Yeah, I think it's going to be cool to watch because um, I think a lot of people, you know, despite the overall success of the team, kind of labeled you guys a one-line team. Um, that sure. top line was so dominant that it was kind of hard to look past them. But this obviously gives you a lot more depth up front, so it'll be interesting to see how much better that makes you guys heading into the season. Yeah, and, and that's kind of the interesting thing, I, I think, is that you look at the Vegas Golden Knights last year, they scored a ton, right? Like, they had a mm-hmm. ton of goals, and they got a lot of goals from their second line, James Neal, David Perron, Eric Halla. Mm-hmm. But they were really, really bad defensively. I mean, to the point where George McPhee came on our show and said, as far as second lines go last season, we were about as bad defensively as you could be for a second line. And I think George McPhee really wanted to address that in the offseason. You bring in Stastny, widely regarded a very, very good defensive center. He's going to be on the right side of the puck more often than not. And then you've got Max Pacioretty. You bring him into the fold. He is a winger that can score, but he's also a winger that a couple of years ago finished sixth in Selkie voting. So I think when you when you really pay attention to your own end, it doesn't necessarily matter if that second line scores more goals or the same amount of goals as the the Perron, Neal, and and Halla line from last season. I think the net is always going to be positive because they're not going to be on for as many goals against. Yeah, so that kind of brings me to my next question. Um, all of last season, I feel like the entire hockey universe kept waiting for the Golden Knights to kind of fall back down to earth. Um, yeah, just because obviously no one expected an expansion team to do this well. And I think that there was a lot of like, ah, this isn't going to last. This isn't going to last. And it kind of went all the way up into the playoffs that they were just like, no, they're going to fall apart at some point. And they never really did. Um, so do you expect that this team is going to be just as good this season as they were last season? Or do you think that they might fall back a little bit? I think the suspension to Nate Schmidt at the beginning of the season doesn't help them. Certainly doesn't help them. Uh, getting out of the gates fast. I've kind of maintained here that if they can be a a 500 club while Nate Schmidt is suspended, they'll be just fine. I think when you look at the forward core of this group is better on paper than they were last year. I think defensively, when you add everything up, everyone's healthy and everyone's back from suspension. Defensively, they are better than they were last year. And I think the biggest misconception about Vegas is when they started this franchise, You've got guys that were given up on by their team. They Mm -hmm. were left exposed in the expansion draft. I mean, William William Carlson became William Carlson. Nobody expected that. Nobody expected that. But I think one of the things in in the media that we do is we don't account for players getting better. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like like we say, okay, well, Wayne Simmons was Wayne Simmons last year, and he's going to be the exact same as he was last year. We don't account for players getting better. And I think with Vegas, you've got a bunch of guys that really strive and push each other to get better individually so that when they come together, they play the right way. I think Gerard Gallant's style is really a a, a difficult style for a lot of other teams in the Pacific Division to play. Mm -hmm. Uh, You've got the Kings that are older and slower. You've got San Jose, who's kind of a mix of old and slow, and and you've got a couple of guys that are pretty fast, that are speedy, that can move the puck. Um, and And then you've got Anaheim who's just old and slow, old and slow. And I think when you watch Vegas play against those teams, their forecheck is is incredibly good. They're really getting in and making life difficult for the defenders to advance the puck up the ice. And then once they create turnovers, they work on -on two-on-ones, they work on -on three-on-twos, they work on that execution in transition. 
And I think that's dangerous. And it never, it never hurts to have Marc Andre Fleury playing with confidence in your back, uh, in your goal either. So I was, I actually was thinking about that while you were talking. Do you worry at all about Marc Andre Fleury? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I kind I of do. figured. And, and yeah. it's not, it's not that I worry about him from a can he still play standpoint. Mm-hmm. I worry about Marc Andre Fleury from a potential injury standpoint. Okay. Yeah. Uh, it, obviously, the injury last year, it was. One of those scenarios where hockey plays happen, things happen. You can't really avoid what happened to Mark Andre Fleury last year, but he's also a guy that's had a couple of concussions throughout his career. Yeah, and you always wonder. You always wonder if if it's going to be, you know, if they're going to get hit in the head one more time. Are they going to be able to come back? Are they not going to be able to come back? And to be honest with you, well, the Vegas Golden Knights were able to make do without Mark Andre Fleury last year. And you had a lot of guys step up and do some things that they're not normally accustomed to doing. I don't know that Malcolm Subban is ready to do that again this year. Yeah, that whole goalie situation that you guys had last year was wild. It was just like, at one point you just had, you know, Bob Johnson, who you found (laughs) on the concourse playing goal because you had nobody else. And somehow it still worked. Yeah, I mean, it's it's as wild as Ryan Reed scoring the Western Conference uh, final championship goal and scoring a, a goal in the Stanley Cup final. I mean, this yeah. team defies logic. They really do. But I think when you have the right system, when you have the right coach, when you have the right players, and you've got a purpose for what you're doing outside of just playing for contracts and playing for money and stuff like that, I think that this team has proven what you can do when you've got a true team team mentality. I think there's a lot of teams around the league that you know, you talk about team, but you've got a lot of guys that are paid a lot of money and maybe they're not necessarily worth the contracts that they have. Mm-hmm. And then you see, like I'm talking about Edmonton, right? Like yeah. Connor McDavid is worth every penny that you're going to pay him. But is Leon Dreisaitl worth what he's making? Is Milan Lucic worth what he's making? And no. does that weaken the team from, from you know, a standpoint of being competitive? I think unequivocally it does. Oh, yeah. And, that's what you're seeing with Edmonton. You're going to see a very frustrated Connor McDavid for a very long time because GM is inept and he doesn't know what he's doing. Which is a real tragedy for all of us because Connor McDavid is so fun to watch and the fact that he's surrounded by a bunch of pylons is very depressing to me personally. Oh, it's frustrating because the kid's got so much talent. It's, it's just insane. Yeah, and I, I would like to mention the fact that I don't... I, as much attention and praise as Gerard Gallant got last season, I don't think it was enough. He is a remarkably good coach. Just the the way that he's able to extract the most talent out of his players, and this is a frustration that we have in Philly a lot, is that you, you coach to the player's strengths rather than having a system and trying to wedge guys into it. And it seems like Gallant is really good at exploiting his players' best talents and building a system around that rather than the other way around. Oh, absolutely. And, and I mean, you, you look at the back end, you look at Derek Englund, right? And you've got a guy that's been, you know, a career fringe NHL player. Mm-hmm. And he comes home to Vegas, and, and he's widely regarded as the unofficial captain of this team. And Gerard Gallant has figured out a way to pair him with Shea Theater, to pair him with a guy that can really move the puck, that has great vision, that makes the right reads, um, that's a little bit more offensively risky, mm-hmm. and you allow Derek Englund to be Derek Englund. You allow him to, if the pass is there, he can make the right read and generate something on the rush. He can jump in if he, knowing that Shea Theodore is a good enough skater to kind of to 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 make up for any mistakes that Derek Englund might make. 
But then, more often than not, you've got Derek England as the safety net for the young Shea Theodore. And I think that Gerard Gallant really just understands how to match his players together. I think the chemistry that, that we talked about with that top line, it's evident because of the way that Riley Smith, William Carlson, and Jonathan Marchessault play. I mean, mm-hmm. these three guys are just so synergistic. It's, it's, it's sick. It's really sick to watch them. Some of the things they do in practice, I mean, we've seen what they can do in a game, but if you ever watch them practice, it's, it's ridiculous. Yeah, that must be, must be pretty fun when they, you know, take the reins off and are just having fun on the ice. I'm sure that's something to watch. Yeah, they had, for one of the, one of the captain skates, they, they scrimmaged and it was that line out there. Um, and I think in, in one shift, in one like three minute shift on the ice, I think this towards something like four or five goals. Ridiculous. These guys are are just insane. Yeah. Okay, so one final question before we wrap up is what are your predictions for the game on Thursday night? Uh, It's tough, especially because I haven't watched a ton of of Flyers games. I mean, I know that there's a heck of a lot of talent on the front end for Mm -hmm. Philadelphia. I I mean, I'm looking forward to to watching Nolan Patrick for sure. I'm definitely – Wayne Simmons is going to be in the lineup. He's good to go? He should be, yes. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I, I've been kind of a, a Wayne Simmons fan for a while now. I, I Following his career when he was with the LA Kings, mm-hmm. he's one of those players that I was sad to see go, especially before the, the championships. But um, I, I'm a big fan of the way that he plays. I think Claude Giroux is fantastic. Jakub Voracek's fanta- fantastic. I really like Shane Goss' bear on the back end. So um, I think your question, right, is goaltending and whether or yep. not Philadelphia is going to get solid goaltending. I know what I have in Marc-Andre Fleury, um, so I expect the Vegas Golden Knights to win mm-hmm. just because their home atmosphere is insane. This team comes out, they like to stomp on teams early, uh, get an early lead, and then really try to pile it on. Um, but I think it's going to come down to goaltending, and, and I don't know that Philadelphia has the goaltending that the LA Kings do. Or, I'm sorry, Jesus. The uh, <laughs> Golden Knights do. So I, I like Vegas. I wouldn't be surprised if it's a little bit of a track meet, though. You know, I obviously I would like to say that I think the Flyers are going to win, but um, you're right. Given the way that Vegas pounces on teams early, coupled with the fact that the Flyers are notoriously slow starters in games, I worry that if they get into a hole in the first period, they're not going to find a way to dig out of it. Um, and you're right, our goaltending is a big question. Brian Elliott is coming back from a pretty bad injury um, and has looked shaky to fine in preseason so yeah there's a question mark there if he's going to be able to perform at you know Brian Elliott's you know he's no Vezina trophy winner but he's a fine goaltender he's he's relatively average and if he can be that he gives the Flyers a chance to win but it remains to be seen so I think it'll be a fun game but I don't know how is Brian Elliott when it comes to lateral movement like is he does he come across quickly? Is he compact? Does he have a lot of holes when he's moving laterally? I wouldn't say that he's especially quick. Um, positioning, I think, is his strength because he's not a very fast guy. Um, he's a little on the older side, so he's not as quick as some of the younger guys. But um, yeah, I, I think that if you're if you're gonna go side to side on on Brian Elliott, you'll probably have some success there. The goalies that seem to struggle the most in Vegas, in, in, in my opinion, are goalies that are not great when it comes to moving mm-hmm. um, laterally because Vegas generates a ton off of the rush. They mm-hmm. generate a ton in transition. 
And so you're going to be looking a lot of cross-ice one-timers. And I don't know if... It, I don't know if Brian Elliott's going to be the guy that's going to be able to stop a majority of those. Yeah, especially coming off a lower body injury. So right, it'll be interesting. Uh, is to gritty, see. But the, my question is: Is gritty going to be in the building? Like that's that's kind of the big question. God, I I truly hope they just bring him everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> I think he should travel with the team for sure. So hopefully, but um, yeah. Are you a gritty fan? So initially, I thought gritty was horrifying. And I still think that he's horrifying, but mm-hmm. I think in the best way possible. That's kind of, yeah, I, I was extremely anti the idea of us even having a mascot. And then when yeah. I saw this thing, I was like, what is happening? And I went on a real journey over the course of about two hours from absolute <laughs> hatred to now not really knowing if I could live my life without Gritty. So <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't, I don't think you should ever have to live your life without Gritty. I, yeah, it, he's, he's interesting in that. Like, I wondered what kid wouldn't see him and just run the other way. And then I realized that his hands are squeak toys and his belly is a squeak toy. And I just thought that was the greatest thing ever. How amazing is that? When I found that out, I I nearly died. And it was in that, I don't know if you saw it. It was that video with Wayne Simmons is when I I think we all found out that his hands squeak. (laughs) Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I, I just, I thought that was genius because, like, you've got this monster that is just a monster he's just he's horrifying mm-hmm. I, I was genuinely afraid of him but i i would absolutely love to get my picture taken and, and give gritty a hug i think that that's one of the one of the one of the bright spots going into this game is whether or not we'll see gritty and chance kind of duke it out or something that'd be nice hopefully you get that chance that'll be cool <laughs> <laughs> all right so i think that's all we've got for this episode of checking out the competition i want to thank ryan again for joining us um ryan from fox sports vegas which is very cool and again he is at ryan hockey guy on twitter if you want to shoot him a follow i'm sure he's got lots of good information about the vegas golden knights Uh, Yeah, so the Flyers will take on the Golden Knights in Vegas this Thursday, 10 p.m. I will probably fall asleep, but hopefully you won't. (laughs) All right, Ryan, thank you very much. Thanks for having me. Hello, I'm Spencer Hall from SB Nation, and I want to tell you about my new show, It Seems Smart. It Seems Smart is a show about people doing things that, for some reason or another, seem smart at the time. Those things might include... Doing a little cocaine and driving a bike up a mountain. Or, I don't know, maybe racing 100 miles per hour across the country in the middle of the night with no one's permission. Or even stealing a bat from an umpire's room in a Major League Baseball park. Check it out, and if you like it, tell a friend. I'm Spencer Hall. Don't do anything smart. <laughs>